Welcome to the Skill Stadium, a podcast for the skilled trades, where you can learn about the opportunities and benefits of working in the skilled trades from business owners, hiring managers, and the hardworking, talented professionals. And now, your host, Keith Williams. Thank you for tuning in to the Skill Stadium podcast. I am your host, Keith Williams, and this is episode 70. Today, we are talking about the automotive industry and the great career opportunities that are in this industry and what it takes to be successful. You're going to hear from a leader in the industry who's very talented and has a lot of experience. So my guest today is from Georgia and grew up in Idaho. My guest is a technician, instructor, mentor, influencer, facilitator of learning OEM diagnostics software specialist. So he's very technical, has great skills. My guest has 29 years of experience in the automotive industry. So he's seen a lot. He's seen this industry evolve. He has a passion for understanding how things work. But most importantly, he has a desire to continue to grow with the industry's advancements. He, my guest, attended trade school and college and has done leadership training and teach and a teaching certificate. My guest started as a lube tech and worked his way up through the ranks through hard work and networking, which is very important to his current position, which is now the director of automotive technology. My guest is proud of becoming an ASE master certified L1 senior Ford master technician and certifications in about half a dozen other OEM manufacturers. During my guest's free time, he enjoys playing darts, not just any darts, darts with the English steel soft tip style. Please welcome Joe Hyde to the Steel Stadium podcast. Joe, how are you doing this morning? Fantastic, Keith. Pleasure to be here. So glad that you are doing what you do to bring more awareness to the skill trades, but more importantly, connecting those people that want to be involved in skill trades with people that have a desire to want to hire them. So thank you for what you do. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Joe, you know, one of the things, you know, in getting to know you and as I'm going through the introduction that really jumped out was your passion for learning. And talk to me about, you know, go off, I just want to, Share how important that is in how it has helped you to progress through your career and to put you in the position that you're in today. Yeah, I, I'd be happy to. I, I think, first and foremost, it's important to understand that learning doesn't stop when, when we graduate, right? So when I was a kid, it's always the proverbial carrot. It's like, oh, I'm going to graduate you know, preschool. I'm going to graduate middle school. And now I'm going to graduate high school and then I'm going to go to a, you know, a college or a trade school, just depending on, on how you are. So there's always these markers of when learning is supposed to be ending. And I always found that rather perplexing because you never stop learning and you, you can't stop learning if you want to achieve, you know, your goals and your aspirations in life, because the things around us don't change. You know, technology increases discoveries, new discoveries of new things, new ways to do things. The way we taught things 30 years ago is not necessarily the way that we taught things today or teach things today. And so I think as a, I I would consider myself a lifelong learner is understanding that you have to have that desire to want to stay on top of whatever it is you desire to do. You have to stay on top of that learning curve. Otherwise you're 
you're going to be behind. I, I tell technicians that I, I train and I have the opportunity to mentor is, is if, if you don't do anything when you graduate trade school, you've got about a 10-year lifespan in, in the industry. And that's because the industry technology is going to surpass your understanding. And so you have to be that career learner. And I don't think it's just this field. I think, I think that applies to, to most fields, whether they be trade skills or not. I agree with you 100%. Uh, I'm going to jump in there for a second and make another point. I worked in a technology space and worked for IBM. And I noticed that when they were cutting loose, you know, they obviously they have layoffs. We all know that that happens. But what I noticed, you know, and a lot of people go, oh, they're getting laid off because we're older. But the people who were getting laid off because we're older were people who hadn't kept their skill sets up. There were people who had worked in a industry where there was more saturation. It was, you know, you were moving more towards software and they were selling hardware. So those folks got cut loose. You know, famous line was, I've always done this job for the past 20 years, you know, and well, that's why they're letting you go. And this other person here who's just as old as you went and learned a new skill set. And now they're employed. And, you know, as a, as a young man in my 30s watching this, I was like, hmm, it's an interesting, you know, it's an interesting observation. And you're correct. You are correct. So that makes a lot of sense. So I think it's so important for these young people to understand that. And that's why I really wanted to touch on that. Please share what you do at Christian Brothers Automotive. What's your job? What do you do there? Yeah. So, so at Christian Brothers Automotive, I, I have the pleasure and opportunity to serve as our director of automotive technology. And that's kind of a long title that basically means that I am along with a team that are responsible for the training, the store setup, and more importantly, keeping Christian Brothers at the forefront of technology when it comes to automotive service and repair. And so that's kind of a high level of, of what you know I have the opportunity and pleasure to do, along with a very good team that we kind of forecast and create the future for the brand Christian Brothers. Excellent. Excellent. A lot of people don't realize that this is more than just a simple auto shop. This is a franchise with multiple, multiple uh, shops right across the country. And so it, it takes technology and it takes uh, infrastructure to keep that machine running properly and effective. Yeah, Keith, it does. I mean, we're, we're now in 31 states, 242 stores, and keeping those franchisees organized, keeping their team members up to date on training that is a huge undertaking, and, and we, we have the pleasure of, of taking that on, and, and, and we enjoy what we do. Definitely. Can you tell us why you decided to pursue this profession, and what do you enjoy the most about it? Yeah, I, I, you know, I wish I had a really cool story for you that, you know, that would inspire others, and, and maybe it will, I don't know, but, you know, I, I grew up at a time where, you know, gas prices were pretty high. It cost a lot to fix automobiles. And so I had a stepfather at the time that was kind of a DIYer, but I think the most influential person, as I look back on it, that kind of pushed me into understanding that I even had a desire to, to do this was, was my late uncle. He served in the U.S. military as a mechanic, trained over in Ansbach, Germany, always had some cool stories about things that he got to work on, things that he got to fix. Every time he came home, you know, he had us in his shop there, working on cars, teaching us. And, and that, I think that's what really propelled me to kind of eventually find my way into the industry and, and pursue what I'm doing now. Excellent. Excellent. 
you mentioned the importance of being a learner. There is a certification. I believe it's the ACE certification. Am I getting that correct? Or AASE, right? AASE, Automotive Service Excellence. Can you tell me how that has impacted your career and why that is an important certification? Great question. I'm glad you touched on that. The ASE certification kind of came about as a standardization and a way of measuring skill sets, if you will. Uh, I'm not going to say it measures competency because there's it's a, a written test, right? And so in order to show competency, you have to have something along with a written test, which is that physical, can you do it? But ASE is a great organization that has really standardized and, and set the bar for independent certification in the automotive repair industry. So yeah, it is recognized across you know, I, I would venture to say across the United States for sure, and in other other countries, it's recognized. It's not a certification in other countries, but it is recognized. And most consumers, you know, they they kind of recognize the the blue shield, if you will, when yes, they see it on replace. So it's one of those things that when a technician starts earning those certifications, it not only tells potential employers and potential guests of the, the facility they may be working at that, hey, I, I've, I've done my training, I understand the systems, and, and I'm certified to be able to take care of that vehicle. So it, it not only gives a sense of pride to the person who has earned that certification, but it gives a level of confidence to the consumer that they can, they can be trusted with their vehicle. I agree, you know, and I might add for the person who's interested in building their career, it's going to get you hired faster. And I would imagine that you could get you a premium in terms of what you're going to be paid versus somebody who doesn't have that. And, you know, if we're all going to do the same work and work just as hard, being more respected and being paid better is it's always a place you want to be, I would think. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. And you're absolutely correct. It, it is directly related to, you know, the level of compensation that you can see as a certified technician versus, you know, a non-certified technician. And, and you make a good point there. Yeah, it sends a message to the employer that, hey, I'm somebody who invested myself. And like you've said, you know, we've, we've harped on this. The, the, you know, there's a value put on people who invest in themselves and who are passionate about learning. It's going to make them just add more value when they are hired by that employer. They're going to add more value to the company. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Talk, talk to me about what is the profile of an elite performer in your industry? What do they do different from others? Like, What makes somebody an elite, not just good, but a really, really good auto technician? I think there's a couple of things. I, I think one, understanding that with all the different technologies out there when it comes to the automotive industry, you're not going to be a subject matter expert on each one, right? Mm -hmm. but if you understand where to get the resources... I think resources probably one of the strongest things that I could recommend for any young person uh, is understand the resources that you have available to do your job, right? So if I were to say, hey, I'm a technician, I work on cars, most people are going to assume that my go-to is my toolbox, right? It's all the wrenches and screwdrivers and everything I need to be able to take a car, a car and put it back together. But the most important one is, is right here and understanding the resources that you have, because I don't know how to take every car apart and put it back together. 
but I know mm-hmm. how to find the resources to be able to do that. And so I think understanding that your tools and your skill sets have to be broad and you have to have an understanding of what resources you have available and become a subject matter expert on utilizing those resources. I agree 100% because it's like, it's an education now. You know, there's information that we're taught in school, but how do you go and find that information and now apply it to the job or the work you have to do? And I think that's what is what's separating people who are effective employees versus people who are not. Yeah. Elite team members in our brand, I think the one skill amongst all when it comes to technicians that is most evident is they are critical thinkers. They have the ability to be able to look, assess, you know, kind of dig into a problem, keep a cool head, and really critically think through that problem. And I know we say critical thinking, but it's really a mindset for the elite in our industry where they have a real propensity to want to understand why isn't this working, how does it work, and what part of that system has failed. And so if you can do those things, you can have a very, very successful career in the automotive. I agree. You know, another thing, too, is cars now are more like computers. I don't buy a car that often, but I had to buy one two years ago because my car that was 13 years old died. And the technology from, you know, from 13 years ago to, you know, more recently is unbelievable. So all of these cars have basically computers in them. So you have to be able to, and what happens with computers? They break down. And so sometimes the manual isn't doesn't always give you the answer. So I would imagine, like you said, you have to have some critical thinking and start figuring things out. And it's a stereotype that people have that auto technicians, people in the skilled trades are not critical thinkers, they're not smart. That is so far from the truth because, you know, these cars need to be fixed. You have to you have to be able to think critically and try and analyze things and figure out a solution. Yeah, it's funny you say that because, you know, I, I teach in the industry and my, my specialty area is diagnosis and OEM. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I tell you know attendees of, of a seminar or class or students in a secondary education format is these cars are rolling computers. The, yes. average, the average vehicle has about 20 different modules. You can think of a module as a computer that stands alone, just similar to your desktop, just yep. on a smaller scale. Mm-hmm. High-end cars, they have north of 50 different modules and you know hundreds of millions of lines of coding so it really is getting to the point where you've got to have a strong information technology background to be a true diagnostician so you've got people who can fix cars and then you have people who can diagnose cars and and that's where you really find those elite team members are the ones like we said that critically think that can diagnose and that have that broad skill set not not just being able to replace a component, but really perform testing on a vehicle to determine what the root cause is. So, Joe, tell me, how do we get parents and educators to understand the value and importance of these careers? Because, like I said, a lot of people don't, you know, young people are heavily influenced by their parents and their teachers. How do we get those folks to be more supportive and more open to these careers yeah, you know, I think that's the big question, right? For a lot of people in the trade skill industries is, you know, because we all see the, the current shortages that are going on. I think there's a lot of good opportunities. I think your platform is one that can educate the consumer. 
I think there are several others that can educate the consumer. I, I think we have to really kind of break through that stereotype. And I think the more information we can get out like you're doing right now, where you know you can sit down as a as a recruiter for a trade school and say, you know, hey, little Susie, little Johnny, you know, I know maybe a four-year college is, is not really for you, but we have this opportunity here and you've showed great aptitude to be able to do this. How would you like to be making six figures in the next five to 10 years with little to no debt? And I think that's the secret that a lot of parents don't understand is that trade schools, you can, you can come out of trade school making a very good wage with limited to no debt. And we have to show that the days of, you know, popping the hood underneath the, uh, the tree in your parents' backyard and, and replacing a part are long gone. I would, I would challenge many of your viewers to open the hood on their new modern vehicle and see if they can, you know, figure out where certain components are at. I, I believe it would be more challenging than they might suspect. Yeah, I agree. 100%. 100%. But that's it. We've got to keep getting the word out. We've got to keep encouraging industry influencers like yourself professional influence pages, you know, I'm not going to name names, but we all know the different ones. And we've just got to, we've got to keep pressing that rock uphill and get involved at the local level. I know we encourage our franchisees to get involved at local high schools that have automotive programs, get on the, the curriculum board so that they can help drive what the students are being offered. And, and I don't want to go off the rails here with you, but I think one important thing that we need to know is that the kids do not learn today like they did 30 years ago. Yes. Yes. If your curriculum and your structure of your classroom has not been modernized to attract today's student, then you facilitator, you school have a lot of work to do to help partner with the industry to bring those standards up to a point where if my child came home and said, man, I took auto shop class today and they were teaching me about oscilloscopes and they were teaching me about drop voltages, my mouth would just go like this because mm-hmm. those are things that we're not teaching that we need to be teaching because mm-hmm. we're not preparing those kids to work on the cars of tomorrow at all. I agree. And I think what I've seen and I've talked to um, people in your industry and various industries is I think some people are tactical. They, they're waiting for that perfect employee. They're, well, you know, tell me about somebody who's got this amount of experience as opposed to, you know, having what we call a farm team. If you look at any professional sports team, what do they do? They draft players. You know, baseball is a great example and they build them up. They bring them up through the minor league system. And it's because there's talent is hard to find. But you can develop talent. Mm-hmm. And I think these, and I've seen some companies, because like I said, I've talked to some companies who get it. We're like, oh, yeah, we're, we have a relationship with this local high school. Oh, you get it. Every company should have a relationship with the local high school. It shouldn't be an exception. Why wouldn't you do it? And, and, and never mind just that you benefit from it. It's a service to your community. You live in your community. These are the kids that are going to be growing up as adults and in living in your community. But more important, you know you work in an industry that has a shortage right now. It's not like you don't know that. And if you look at your staff, if you have a staff of people in their 40s and 50s, 
you, you know, you're going to have to make some changes at some point. <laughs> at some point, it's going to be like, hmm, <laughs> you know, you're either going to be somebody who's going to wait to get to get hammered or you're going to see it coming. Like, either way, you're going to have to make that adjustment. So I never quite understood how, because even me, I didn't work in the trades, but yet I've been able to go build relationships with these local schools. Why? Well, I just picked up the phone and called them. So here's what I'm doing. Doing these podcasts and doing these day and life interviews. Oh, please come to our school, please. Most of them, most of the educators who get it, you know, and it's not necessarily just teachers. So it might be a guidance counselor or a principal who's now starting to understand. Oh, shoot, we gotta we gotta help prepare these kids because they're not all going to college. So it just takes people who can, I think, think past the tactical and, and what's going on today and kind of look down the road and, and understand the importance of building, building those relationships so they can build that pipeline. No, I, I agree with you 100%. We call it our talent bench, right? What, what are you yes. doing to build your talent bench? And, and I think the other thing, you know, when we're talking about community and you you, may, you hit the, the nail on the head, you know, it's your community. And, and one of the things that I do is I look at my sphere of influence, right? And, and who I've got connected with. You know, I, I'm fortunate enough, my wife is a, a high school teacher at a high school that has an automotive oh, program, right? So when it, when career day comes and my wife comes home and says, hey, would you come to career day and, and talk to the kids? I'm like, absolutely, I will. As a matter of fact, why don't you let the shop instructor know? I'd be more than happy to come up there and guest speak anytime that, that they would like. It's time and talent, right? And, and you should be willing to donate both of those. I agree. I agree. Because all of us were blessed to have somebody help us at some point in our lives. None of us have gotten to where we are without having help. Any successful person from your billionaires, millionaires, to just ordinary people like you and me. So, you know, it's so important to pay it forward. So tell me what makes Christian Brother Automotive a good company to work for. There's so many, but if if you nailed me down and said, man, that you can only pick one, I had to have to absolutely, without a doubt, say our culture. Many of us have been in the industry that, that work at the home offices. We know what the industry has been, and we know what we want the industry to be. So not only is our internal culture that way, but our external culture at our locations, the franchise selection process... All of it keeps in mind that we don't want to just be a light in the industry. We want to also be a light in the community. And I think it's, it starts with our home office culture and, and it just permeates from there. You know, we, we are a faith based company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we do live, I, I can honestly say we live by the mantra, you know, very important, uh, you know, love, love your neighbor as yourself. And it's, it's, it goes from, you know, from the top, from, from our, our founder all the way down to uh, every team member has value, no matter their position. Yeah, I agree, 100%. 100%. I mean, it's especially, like you said, in this industry where it doesn't always have a great reputation at times. And so it's so important to, and also it's important for you to spread that culture out to your franchisees, as you said, with how you guys choose who is going to represent your brand. Yep. Yeah, I think... That brand awareness is is something that you know not not only is valuable in the business sector, but but it's also valuable uh, in the community sector, right? We we want people not just to look at, at at Christian Brothers as a place they can take their car, but as a place that they they could go seek help if they needed it as well. Definitely. Can you share maybe an unconventional method how people are using technology to get employed? 
So a lot of people understand the first way to get a job is to send a resume in. But nowadays, I feel like it's important to stand out and try something different sometimes, especially if you don't have a lot of experience. Can you share something that might be unconventional, but that can get the intention of an employer to uh, consider hiring somebody who might not have experience? Yeah, you know, it's it's so much right now. Employers are chasing, you know, team members, right? And, and I think if if you have your eyes set on, hey, I, I want to go to work for this particular company. Um, I, I want to be able to grow and and be enriched and led by somebody within that company. And and you're not seeing the normal like go on the website, you know, upload your resume type thing. One of the things that I've done in the past is, is I will go do research on social media and I will find the people that are in those positions mm-hmm. on social media and, and I'll send them a private DM. You know, I'll, I'll, it's funny because it's, it's re it's reverse recruiting tactics, right? Cause mm-hmm. recruiters will go out and they'll find you on social media based on, you know, keywords that are, that might be in your profile but the reverse of that is opposite. I can go and look for recruiters of certain companies and I can, or owners of certain companies and I can go find them on social media as well. I think where the uniqueness comes is in, in standing out is once you have that foot in the door, mm-hmm. know your why going in. I agree. Uh, I agree. Know your why headed in because a lot of companies now are very much about the why. You know, why, why, why do you want to work here? But I think as a team member or a potential team member, it's important for you to ask them, why should I want to work here? Yeah, no, I agree 100%. And social media also allows you to learn more about people that you're interacting with. You know, what are they saying online? Because what they're saying online when they don't think anything anybody's watching it represents who they truly are. Like it represents the values. Like you said, the values, you live your values, you know? Uh, I'll tell you a quick story. I remember uh, I reached out to somebody to do a day in the life interview and she had all this stuff on her LinkedIn about how she mentored and helped people. And my day in the life interview is five minutes when I reached out to her. You know, she's like, why are you reaching out to me? I said, well, I'm reaching out to you because you're an expert in your profession. I looked at your LinkedIn profile and it seemed like, you know, you have interest in helping young people because you mentor people. I'd like you to do a day in the life interview for five minutes. She asked, how much was she going to get paid for that? And I said, you mean you want to pay somebody for five minutes? I don't understand how. I'm like, I don't know how I would pay you for 10 minutes of your time because this thing doesn't take 10 minutes. She goes, what do you typically pay people to do this? I said, they do it for free. Nobody's ever asked me because they want to mentor and help people. And that was what was listed on her profile. So obviously she doesn't live that. But she spent 50 minutes on the phone with me talking to me about her company and what she's doing and everything. And it just was ironic that at the end, she said, I didn't have enough time. She said, I don't have enough time to do this interview with you. I said, okay. But like you said, it's about living your values. Like, you know, so when we look at you up online, if you're saying that, hey, you mentor people, you've done these things, we assume that that's, you know, you take it at your word, you know? And so I, I agree with you on that. Speaking of social media, how have you used social media to, um, you know, to connect with people, to build your brand. Because I, I know I've seen you do some videos and, I, I, and that really caught my attention. So I'm curious how you're leveraging social media to build your brand and to connect with young people. Yeah, so I, I, I think, uh, you know, 
mostly what we've done. I think I think what you're talking about is our car talk videos uh, yes. that, are, that are on Facebook. And yes. man, those, those are so so fun to do, and it's it's so outside of the scope of you know of what I do on, on a regular basis that that it's kind of unique and fun. But I think what it allows us to do. Uh, is it, it allows us to put faces to names. Uh, it also allows the consumer, because it's mostly consumer facing, to connect with the consumer to say, hey, th- these are our shops. These are kind of some of the things that whether you come to our shop or go to a different shop, you know, you could be on the lookout for, or these are the questions, or even to the point of, hey, here's some things you could do at home yourself. We're just trying to connect with the consumer to let them know, hey, we want to advise you whether you do it yourself or whether we do it or make sure that you are empowered to make better decisions as a consumer mm-hmm. no matter where you go. Yes. And so that's one of the ways that we've connected on, on social media. And it's funny, I, I, you know, you talk about quick little stories. So the social media was not my first marketing opportunity with Christian Brothers. It was actually a mailer. If you've ever gotten postcards in the mail, yes, and we connected so much, they put me on a postcard as as Chris the carpenter nice. holding a strut. And one of our stores in, in one of the states had a customer actually come in and request my information as a carpenter because she had some house repair work that she needed done, and she wow. Brothers was a trusted company, and so. The, the guy on the postcard must be a trusted. <laughs> that was actually one of the home office team members. And so, you know, it just goes to show you that, you know, perception is not always reality. But going back to kind of what we've been talking about, you know, going and looking at LinkedIn profiles, we, we do that at home office when we're looking at team members or franchise, potential franchisees. We'll look at their social media profile. And so it's it's important. You know, we all know there's a learned behavior and an adaptive behavior, right? And there's a lot of mm-hmm. things that we do in the workplace that is our adaptive behavior. It's not our natural sure. behavior. And, and I would encourage those that are looking for work to make sure that your adaptive behavior and your learned behavior are pretty similar. Like they follow the same guidelines. So, yeah, f- funny story. But, yeah, that's it's crazy what social media and and postcards and mailers and, and things will do when it connects in the community. And Joe, imagine your surprise when she came in and she said, and found out, you're not Chris, you're Joe. So. Yes. <laughs> yes. So it, was, it, was a little, it was a little awkward, I'm sure, for yeah. that franchisee to have that conversation with that, yes. uh, that type of guest. But yeah, it was, it was funny. It was yeah. funny. But, you know, those videos we do, they're, they're strictly for consumer education, brand awareness, I, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't say that, you know, it is for brand awareness and, and to get the name out there. But more importantly, they, they leave the post or the comments open. And so people can ask questions and they will get answered. They may not get answered by me, uh, but they will get answered by some, you know, team member at the home office that that has the, you know, the skills to be able to answer that question appropriately. Yeah. I also think you bring a lot of value when you, when you educate your customers. I remember I had an interview podcast a couple weeks ago with the owner of the plumbing shop. And what he said makes him a real elite plumber is how they educate their customers. Mm-hmm. He said, like, you know, we, we don't just try and sell them something. We, we educate them on, hey, you have this problem. We haven't fixed it. We fixed this problem, but this could be a problem down the road that could cost you 
X number of dollars. Now we've informed you, we're not trying to sell you anything, but we've informed you, you know, preventative maintenance. And so what you're doing is you're educating your customers and that says so much because that's not for you. There's no, you know, like that, when you're, you're giving back, you're providing value. And so I think that that really says a lot to your values as an organization and that you guys are a high caliber organization that you'd invest that time to do that. So definitely very impressive. Please share a final question, three resources that anyone interested in the automotive career should go and check out. It could be a YouTube channel, website, anything that can help people learn about the automotive industry. Yeah, I think first and foremost, you know, we are always up for answering any questions anybody may have about the automotive industry in general, whether it be from, from a technician side to a ownership side. You can always go on our, our company website, cbac.com. It's Christian Brothers Automotive, again, cbac.com. You can always look me up at, on LinkedIn. I've, I've been in the industry a long time. It doesn't mean I know everybody or everything. But I do have a pretty extensive network and, and can probably connect you with anybody from educators to mentors to you know potential apprenticeships. And, and I'd be happy to connect you. And thirdly, I think if you're young, aspiring, looking also to get maybe some, some education funded or paid for, the Tech Force Foundation is a, is a great opportunity for youngsters to get involved with. They're out of Arizona. It's one of the ones that we support as well. And they... They do a, a really good job of connecting kids as well with money for school uh, when it comes to the automotive industry. And Joe, by the way, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Are you guys hiring now? Or yeah, we're always hiring. Okay. Yeah. How should people get, and I know you've shared it already, if they're looking for a job, and, and we're going to have your information listed in the guest notes of the podcast, but again, please share how people can get in touch with you if they're interested in working for your company. Yeah, again, so Christian Brothers Automotive, cbac.com. You can click on careers. Uh, you can also send me a note on LinkedIn. I've, I'm happy to pass that along. Those are probably your two your two best bets. Or stop into your local Christian Brothers and, and ask the, uh, the franchisee or the service manager that happens to be there how you could get involved uh, with Christian Brothers Automotive. Excellent. Now, and I can attest to, I reached out to Joe Cole from LinkedIn. I didn't know him and he was very responsive and he was kind enough to uh, take the time to do a day in the life interview and a podcast. So Joe, I'm so grateful for you coming on to my podcast. I thank you. I wish you continued success and I wish you a blessed and wonderful day. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Keith. I appreciate what you're doing. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Skill Stadium. It would mean so much if you left a review on iTunes and told your family and friends about the podcast.